0: Welcome, everyone, to the Nick's Infinite Playlist podcast, a show where we're always talking about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan, and with me this week is a very special guest, Jen Knudsen. Jen, I was going to say introduce yourself to the people, but you beat
1: beat me to it. I just jumped in.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Second time on for Jen. Um, How are things going?
1: Good. Surviving quarantine. Yes. Far.
0: Good. Um, So. jumping right in we have luckily finished some of our shows before the uh quarantine started and the production shut down on a bunch of them uh and one of those was uh arrow and i know that your opinions on arrow are famously <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, so uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll go with it <laughs> <laughs>
0: let uh let's uh what did you think what did you think about the the final season the finale uh Give me your thoughts. Let's well,
1: go. it was a little scary because Emily Bett Ricard's left, and I was like, oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. so, and then it was based around the whole uh, – basically, it was just centered on Crisis on Infinite earth. and the crossovers tend to not be my favorite thing. Yeah. Because they're just very heavily comic book-based, and mm-hmm. I find that – I think it works great if it's The Flash, but yeah. Arrow is not – Heavily comic book based story right. wise, I don't feel like they take bits and pieces, but it's really its own.
0: Right.
2: A
1: lot. So I was very concerned uh, going in, and it was pretty successful. I think probably they could have ended at seven. <laughs> <It> was <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like the show ended at seven twenty two. Like Arrow, as it was, was done, and we were just on to this weird. Yeah. Seven- Hoda.
0: Like an encore, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like a tag on 10 episodes, and mm-hmm. I just rolled with it. I I was pleased with how they handled the Emily Bett Ricard's Felicity absence because it really didn't feel like she was absent in the sense that they talked about her constantly and really tried to give fans all of her Felicity moments and that kind of yeah. stuff, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, plot, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> like and then, when you got to crisis, I was just completely lost, yeah, it made no sense to me
0: yeah, um you know that's really interesting like i thought uh I thought they did a pretty good job with the final season. Um, there were some hit and miss things, but they're mm-hmm. – they're, uh <laughs> um overall, I felt like it was there were a lot of pieces in there of the show that I fell in love with years ago, yeah. Uh, and so that's what, that was good. Like they, they didn't try to change much or they, they They
1: didn't reinvent the
0: wheel. They kind of recognized, okay, here's what was good about it. Let's revisit some of that. Yep. Um, so I thought, you know, it was pretty good. I, I, I was a big fan of crisis, but not necessarily because of the arrow bits. Um,
1: they weren't the strong parts. I didn't,
0: it still wasn't my favorite crossover. Like I think. Um, my favorite was probably Crisis on Earth X. Yes. That's uh,
2: the best one. I just thought that was, that
0: like was yes. And, I, um, just the, I thought the stakes were a little bit higher and, mm-hmm. and the characters were more interesting and that it reminded me of a time when we still had Leonard Snart and, and Winshot yes. and all those people in the Arrowverse. Um, uh, so, and, and the Martin Stein payoff was really devastating. Oh
1: my gosh. It was devastating. I was sobbing.
0: Yeah. I so
1: what I, thought. I would be sobbing over martinstein someday but <laughs> here we are
0: <laughs> yeah it was, it was rough um so I, I don't think that crisis on infinite earth got to that level but i really enjoyed like the uh just the easter eggs and the silly little things they put in there like the burt ward cameo and like some the
1: cameos of, were a blast
0: yeah um I, I really enjoyed watching that part of it and i um I don't hate some of the newer Arrowverse characters like Superman. Um, So, you know, I I enjoyed it well enough. And what I appreciated about it in terms of Arrow is that it was able to, because of the way that it wrapped, uh, it was able to bring back some of those dead Arrow characters for the last episode.
1: Yes, that was probably one of the best parts. Oh, the whole uh, letting Brandon Routh play the Superman character from his Superman movie I think yeah. was probably my favorite part because I loved that movie and I was really I thought Brandon was the perfect Superman and you know just kind of yeah it was a good you know it was, it, 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 he, was he just fit the mold so well and I just didn't understand all the criticism of the movie and I was really bummed that they didn't do another one
0: Yeah. And I think that probably the biggest victim of that was Brandon yeah, because he did a really good job, but it was really, my understanding is that the criticisms are that the story was just kind of, it was more of an homage to the Christopher Reeve Superman's than like an original story.
1: Yeah. I think they were really trying to not break the Christopher Reeve mold. Right. Because it was fairly, I think it was fairly soon after his death. Mm-hmm. So I think they were trying to be careful. And I don't know. I just think Brandon looks so much like Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. It was just, and I just, oh, and I, I was like I, like, I wanted to know like what happened. Cause there was like mm-hmm. a lot of like plot lines that we just didn't deal with. So I liked that they just filled that stuff in for me. I was like, Oh, excellent. <laughs> got my little sequel. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I really, I think maybe my favorite part of the crisis was the Smallville Scene.
1: Oh, that was cool. See, I didn't do the smallville.
0: Really?
1: I know everyone's like Jenny, gotta watch Smallville. I
0: bet I bet you would like it. I think (laughs) I I
1: probably would. As a
0: as a Buffy fan and an arrow fan, I think it's kind of it would converge those worlds rather nicely. Was
1: it on? I can't remember what my reasoning was. Was it on when Buffy was on?
0: Um, I think that they did overlap a little bit. I think it was kind of a
1: I wonder if schedule wise it was airing.
0: When did Buffy end?
1: Oh man, I want to say it was like 2003.
0: Okay, yeah, so they overlapped a little bit. Okay. Because uh, Smallville started in like 2001. Okay. Um, and then it ran until like 2010 or 11. Um, I don't know
1: what my thing was because I like Superman. Yeah, it
0: was. It's <laughs> I was it's like, it's, it's not know, perfect. God. Um, and it would definitely have benefited from like shorter seasons, but yeah, it was a
1: we can say that of all CW. To, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very true.
1: But I feel have, e- has ended at the correct time. So,
0: and that's what I thought about. That's why I thought worked so much better about the season of arrow too, was that it was only 10 episodes.
1: I was really upset when they announced that it was only 10 episodes. Cause I was emotionally not prepared. Well, it was, I had this <laughs> whole thing because Stephen Amell's contract was up at seven. I mean, he told people like back in like four, that his contract was seven years. So I was like, yeah. okay, well, then his contract is up, in, is up in seven years. That's when you start going year to year. So that's the big money time. Right. So I thought for sure. Like, I didn't even question that there would be a season eight and it would be a full season eight and it would have the full cast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, well, con- I got
1: that wrong. <laughs> big time. I felt
0: like I picked up on some hints starting in like season six in some of his interviews. And he, well,
1: see, but see, he pulled that crap before, and I <laughs> thought it was a negotiating tactic.
0: <laughs> so yeah. they like they
1: all do this. I actually had a conversation with Mark Guggenheim at SDCC about this because I was stressing out <laughs> because I feel like either Emily or David or Steve or one of them was mouthing off, and I was it was during contract time, and I'm like, "Dude," and he's like, "Do not worry." This is just how it goes. We're going to walk him in. I'm like, okay. So I just applied those principles. And then I was yeah. like, oh, man, he was really, really done. And then they just threw so much freaking money at him to do the 10 episodes. Right. I got to say, like, applause to him. Because Oliver really wasn't in crisis that much. Right. So, I mean, those crossover, crossover episodes are hell to film. hmm so I just feel like Steven was like yeah I'm gonna come back but like I'm not doing that <laughs> to the extent that I have done it the last whatever
2: five years
0: yeah well and then like you know there's the the backdoor pilot that he wasn't in at all like he, yeah. he did the 10 episodes but he didn't really because uh, there was only nine episodes of Arrow that he was nine, actually in
1: kind of like in I want to feel like I want to say like one and a half hours of <laughs> five hours it felt like to me right take i was surprised that they killed him so soon yeah oh we're doing this the first episode okay so i was a little unemotionally unprepared for that but then i wasn't by the time they actually got to the point where like he was specter and dying sort of but not really again yeah, uh, I was kind of, like, not feeling the scene just because I just felt very strongly it shouldn't have been with Barry and Sarah. I was like, this should have been with Diggle and Felicity. It just didn't. Right. It just wasn't my fave. Which is fine, because he didn't die. I have very firm opinions about that. <laughs> like, people have, like, oh, he's dead. I'm like, he's not dead. Right. He's literally God. Yeah. Because well, I was joking around all season. I was joking around seven, because they were hinting after this stuff, and I was like, okay, his character evolution, you know we're kind of going from center to saint here, but I was like, they're going to, they're going to do a superhero Jesus thing. <laughs> and I was like 60% kidding. Cause I had no background in this whole freaking, crisis on infinite earth. I didn't know what specter was. I had no idea.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I was like, Oh, so they're like, they're literally doing Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, well, we're going to go with it. So, so I was glad in that standpoint, because Mark has talked for, eight freaking years about killing oliver so i was like don't do that i was very firm on them not killing oliver Mm. um so i was i was glad that he got to kill him but he didn't really kill him
0: yeah yeah and i I think that that's probably the best that they could hope to achieve like if it was on you know if this show was on cable sure they would have killed him um but it's not so I think that's probably the best – the mo- the biggest compromise they could get away with is yeah. killing him but not killing him.
1: I just don't feel that's wise to kill off the character that launched your entire right Arrowverse kind of thing. Like, maybe we don't do that. Maybe you just leave the door open. It's like George Clooney. You don't kill right. George Clooney off ER. Because he hoped George will come back someday. And he did. Now, I know Steven has said he'll never play the role again, but we're like not even six months in. Give it time. Right, so. Yeah, he's still
0: like, he's still. Uh,
1: he's fresh out right. of the job and he's, you know, expanding he's the resume.
0: Pride eyed about his new opportunities.
1: Exactly. So we'll but, see when the flash ends. I would be a little surprised if he didn't come back for Grant Gustin.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's what I was kind of thinking too, is it? And then maybe that just like, you know once a year for a crossover yeah something like that he might pop back in pop back in
1: i will say the thing that really saved the arrow season for me um was bringing the future kids to present day
0: yes yeah i really appreciated that that um, was
1: a shock i'm mm-hmm. very hard to surprise on this show and that was like i think that was like the first time i was legitimately not expecting what-the-heck-just-happened kind of situation. So
0: Yeah. Well, the first time they introduced those kids, I was really I, – I got excited about Arrow for the first time in a while. Yeah. Uh, just because okay. the, I thought the future storyline was cool. Like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? And I hadn't really cared for mm-hmm. a while about what was yeah. going to happen next. And so um, I really thought those kids kind of boosted the emotional stakes and my yes. interest in the show. And so, the only thing that was missing when we got to the end of that was, you know, well, in the future, they've run into, you know, Roy and Felicity and uh, Dinah and – I can't even remember all their names now. Right. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I'm with you. It's been over for a while. Um, Renee. There we go. Yep. Um, So, they run into all those guys in the future, but I was like, but there's no Oliver. And so it oh, just Diggle. feels like
1: we never saw Diggle in the future either. Yeah. That that's because he becomes the green, uh, <laughs> the green lantern. Like I uh, screamed <laughs> when that happened. Uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, but it was just, it just felt a little bit hollow that they never accomplished that. And yeah. So just, they're just like, yeah, well, <laughs> they were basically just like, screw it. Uh, It's the last season. You know, we're not fighting for renewal here. We don't care if we lose viewership. We're just going to, you know,
1: do our pop thing into
0: the future or pop them into the past for a little bit
1: yeah well you know the hard part i mean i think i think fans of oliver and felicity were really struggling with this 20 year because like, it was weird we knew how oliver and felicity's story ended before season eight began like right. we knew where things were headed in that department um basically it was just getting fans to accept that, yeah, the 20 year separation thing, that's going to stick. So the fact that Oliver got to meet his children
2: mm. and
1: bond with them, it did make that sacrifice a little easier to take because that sucked, that he didn't get to raise. Yes. His kid.
0: Yeah. And I thought, I thought their relationship, you know, just some of those moments where, uh, you know, William comes out and yes. um, all of the stuff with Mia really was, was really good. Yeah, I, I really love well. the
1: actors that they've chosen. I'm a huge Catherine McNamara fan cuz I watched her on Shadowhunters and I mm. just... <laughs>
2: Shadowhunters
1: <laughs> itself was <laughs> can't be but it was like it was like my trash show that I just loved and I loved her in it. So, and I got to interview her once. Yeah. Be for Shadowhunters. So when she got cast as the Elicity baby, I was dying
2: <laughs>
1: literally dying. so yeah no that part of it I loved I loved all the Oliver and Diggle stuff kind of feel like David Ramsey got the shaft storyline wise for several seasons so yeah nice that you know they kind of went back to that core you know that's how the show started it was Oliver and Diggle in the bunker so right kind of nice to see them off adventuring together again
0: <sighs> I really liked that they put um that Diggle just followed Oliver to Earth Two, and they they assumed their season one. Yes, uh, and they
1: just <laughs> yeah, it
2: was the
0: same. He just like got off the island, and it had been twelve years instead of five. And then uh, you know Diggle shows up, and he's like, "I'm his security guard." and <laughs> Oliver's like, "What are you doing here?"
1: <laughs> like, ride or die, man. <laughs> uh,
0: that was out. pretty great.
1: Star City it was so great. I okay,
0: so you. so I'm gonna ask you. Um, so episode nine's is back to our pilot for a spinoff. Oh, how are you feeling about the spinoff?
1: Well, you know, I have mixed feelings about it because um, I w- personally viewed the 716 episode where we, you know, um, saw Mia and, you know, Mia's right. life uh, and how she kind of became Black Star. I viewed that as the backdoor spinoff. Mm-hmm. I was like, so like, I feel like that was going to be the spinoff. Right. so the introduction of the canaries was a little not easy for me to get excited <laughs> about because they are not my favorite characters i right. just and i i you know katie cassidy went in and pitched her canary sto- her canary uh show and uh, mark and beth went in and pitched their future team arrow show and it really just felt like the network was like, just slap those two together. We got ourselves a deal. So it felt, uh, it felt like two very separate shows during the backdoor pilot. It felt like there was the Canary show and there was the Future Team Arrow, and they were trying to meld Mia and Dinah and Laurel together. Uh, I think in some ways it worked. I thought the Dinah and Mia relationship. Um, was good, I was probably the most pleased with Dinah's character in that that I've been in a really long time, mm-hmm. that she was just wiser, more compassionate, um, less angry, you know yeah, well as a good mi- intermediary between uh, Mia and Laurel, but man, I had some issues with and I own my issues with Laurel. I always have issues with Laurel, <laughs> but gosh, I just thought she was so nasty to Mia, yeah. I was like, it was a lot. And I think black siren is one of these characters where she can go very quickly from snarky to mean. Yeah. And there's a, there's a thin line and some of it's the acting, some of it's the writing. I think she was fantastic in season seven because you had, um, Felicity for her to play off of. Right. Um, it was a good, you know, yin and yang, but you know, Laurel and Mia together is like Laurel and Oliver together because Mia is just basically female Oliver. So, yeah. it just I was like this is not this is not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> the antagonism is not working for me. And then just in terms of story, um I was like I, I was really happy that Star City is basically a paradise for so long. Yeah. And that Oliver is honored for the hero that he is, that Mia and William grew up together is fantastic. Um, I loved, 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 loved uh, the Diggle Brothers stuff. I loved how they inverted that. I love how JJ is good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, JJ is good and Connor is more the bad boy this time. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. I was not expecting that in... I What I wasn't, the fandom kind of had like, oh, I bet they'll flip the brothers around. But what I was not expecting, I was not expecting um, JJ to get his memories back like Mia did. Yeah. I was like, well, things just got interesting. And I think I am the only person on the planet that is in favor of the Mia Diggle brother love triangle. I want it so
2: <laughs> bad.
1: And it's so obvious they're going there. And I just like to get my way. <laughs> I was like literally the only person excited about that. I like love triangles, (laughs) so everyone's like, no, they're horrible. I'm like, you know. (laughs) Because to me, it's a win-win. Yeah. I can ship both, Mm -hmm. and it's great. I don't have to pick. It's like the only time I don't have to pick because I like both characters. That never happens. So, um, yeah, I really hope it gets picked up. I really do. I think it needs some serious retooling in a certain sense. But I'm going to, I mean, who are we kidding? I'm going to watch it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was going to be my next question. So, uh, Uh,
1: I'm not a hard sell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if Oliver and Felicity's DNA is on television, sure. I'll watch it. They could read the phone book and I'll probably watch it. I'm not really, (laughs) I'm not really the person that Mark needs to sell. on watching this. So,
0: right. Yeah. So, um, I said this on a, a episode that I put out a few weeks ago, um, but I, I, there was, uh, I liked some things about it, but there, I also had some, I was kind of lost or like I was distracted because first of all, uh, you know, like it's 2040. Why, haven't, why hasn't Black Siren aged a day? Second of all, um, you know, Dinah, they explained it because they said she just lands there like she woke up there, but they also didn't explain it at all. And then yeah,
2: that's Arrow
0: episode 10, she was just, just back in, yeah. in the present day and they didn't say anything. Um, and so, like, I mean, I'm sure that they would...
1: But didn't Laurel come from the present day, too?
0: She must have. I think um, there was a
1: line, like, in the really beginning where she... Because that's what I thought happened. She used some kind of portal jumping thingy.
0: But, uh, so, you know for a long time, I watched everything in the Arrowverse. Um, but I was, I'm I'm not sold on watching the spinoff. Uh, but I thought the only thing that kind of interested me was at the very end when they gave JJ his memories back.
1: Yeah, that got and me I excited. I was
0: like, oh, yeah. what? Um, that was the
1: first time I was like, oh, this could be cool. Everything else, I was like, okay, I don't really like the canary part of it, which seems like a big part of the show. So us that's going to be a problem. And I <laughs> feel like they, there was not enough, uh, William and there was not enough, um, uh, Zoe. Yeah. We need to, pu- and not enough Connor. I was like, they need to pump up the future team yeah. arrow or next arrow, next gen cast a lot more. And I'm hopeful that that will happen. I feel like they are running into similar problems that they ran into in the beginning of arrow where the concept of what they want the show to be and what the show actually is, hasn't quite meld. Right. So I'm hoping that once, if it gets picked up that once Mark and Beth have a little bit more control in terms of, cause you know, I think there's a difference between once a sh- you're trying to get a show to air and then once you get it to air. Right. You know, it's like, they need to sell the show and then hopefully, so I, I don't know enough about television to even know like how much is the network involved in that kind of stuff. But it just really felt like two separate concepts that they just slapped together. Right. And I was like, that needs some work guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Dinah and uh, Laurel did not interact with, we- with William, Mia, Connor, or JJ at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, well... That doesn't feel like that's going to work going forward. So, and that was something I feel like Arrow had a problem with. Um, it was a similar problem that they had with Laurel in the beginning. It felt like Laurel was on a separate show. She was on a show with Tommy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was Oliver and Diggle. And, you know, the the Arrow world and Oliver's uh, family friend world were very separate for a right. long time. And mm-hmm. it took the show a long... I mean, it was like... F- what was it, 14 episodes before I felt like they kind of started getting their gel. And then they hit, I mean, it was 21 episodes. That was like the first real OTA episode. And I was, I mean, shows don't get, networks don't give shows that much time anymore. So they got to get their kinks worked out fast if, they get on the air, but that remains to be seen. if that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And the CW will definitely give them the most time of any yes. other network. Yes. Um, but I, I, I don't know, like I'm still on the fence. Cause I'm, I'm a little more excited about some of the other, other new Arrowverse or superhero offerings that they've got, like uh, stargirl star girl from years. That I
1: looked good. Um, I was kind of surprised that I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm kind of like interested in this.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm, I am too. Um, yeah. And then yeah, they're doing, they ordered straight to series the Superman and Lois pilot. And I'm, I'm oh uh, yeah, pretty excited about that.
1: I am very hopeful. This is my weird fantasy world. I am hopeful that in some way, David Ramsey is going to be a green lantern somewhere.
0: Yeah. Should well, I
1: watch should be that.
0: There's <laughs> a, there's an HBO max series in development about the green lantern. And, and isn't pretty, that a
1: Berlanti led show?
0: Yes. Um, okay. Sorry, and it's been hush hush and like I know no
1: one's talking about it.
0: Um well and so like Stargirl is airing (laughs) Mondays on DC Universe and then Tuesdays on the CW. And so it's like and and DC Universe like Lots of people are fully expecting it to just be absorbed into HBO Max. Okay. Um, or And like a lot of the DC Universe offerings are also going to be available on HBO Max, like Swamp Thing and Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, so, or just Titans, sorry. Teen Titans is a different thing. Um, so, you know, I think there's a decent chance that something like that happens, where it's in development for HBO Max, but it might end up... Airing some on the CW or cross pollinating a little bit. Um, and if it's a Greg Berlanti one, then it v- may well be in the Berlanti verse.
1: Like, if there's anybody who deserves his own show, it's David Ramsey. Absolutely. I mean, this whole, this whole. I mean just tug of war trying to get this approval for him to be green lantern on arrow and just i I, you know just listening to him talk about that hope it was just so devastating you could hear david was so disappointed that they couldn't get approval for it you know Mm -hmm. so the fact that that happened in the finale was basically all i have ever (laughs) wanted for him and i was so excited and i was even excited that they were moving the the diggle family was moving to metropolis because i would be down for the diggle family in the superman show
0: yeah and i wondered about that too like i I wondered if
1: green lantern on the superman show
0: yeah i wonder if they're gonna spin it off from there or or gonna try to or or something like that um just because you know that's that's another long-standing tradition is to have uh Superheroes who haven't become superheroes yet uh, come in right. those come in those shows as as secondary characters or even recurring guest stars and then you know become Vibe or Killer Frost or whatever um, yeah so
1: Finger you know shot. I'm
0: I'm I'm hopeful I don't think David Ramsey's done
1: no um
0: but no. I it, that's he's I
1: mean, got the whole directing thing but I just really didn't I, to me for them to put that out there so open ended I was like something's cooking
0: yeah and he's such a good guy too that i just really would like to see that work for work out for him i've met him on a a couple of times myself so it's
1: just he has the best hugs (laughs) he is probably the most engaged with fans uh that i've ever seen like i mean you would be at these conventions and every fan Mm -hmm. he would take his time yeah long conversations I mean, just really gave you his whole attention. And he was always game to like give spoilers and that kind of stuff. He's like, what do you want to know? <laughs> and like, he did not care. He's like, this will probably get me in trouble. I'm like, but we
2: don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you They're going to fire me. I'm like, right. So, you know, I, he was just, he was so good. He was so in tune with what the fans wanted and giving fans hope in interviews. Cause, you know, Arrow could be a long haul sometimes. And he was just like, guys, it's going to be fine. Relax. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which you needed to hear
0: sometimes yeah so. my <laughs> wife and I met him at uh, at a convention and there was nobody else there like that we, we just walked right up to him so we got to talk to him for a good little bit
2: and
0: yeah. I was wearing a Star Labs sweatshirt and so he commented on that and, and uh asked me where I got it and, and then I told him that I liked his work on Dexter too and he told me a lot of stories about working on Dexter so well, uh, I watched fun.
1: him on Blue Bloods
0: Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen him on Blue Bloods. Yeah. I, really I don't watch Blue Bloods,
1: on Blue Bloods and then he got Arrow, but I was like, "Ooh, I like this guy, you know." And then he showed up on Arrow. I was like, "Oh, yeah, Blue Bloods guy." <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> he pops up on stuff that I'm like old stuff that I'm watching for the first time, like he was on the West Wing. Yes,
1: uh, he was.
0: Season
1: <laughs> 7. Every time I see him, I'm like, Diggle. I freak out. <laughs> I love it
0: so um happy
1: it's like every time i see Dave, uh, Stephen uh steven amell on vampire diaries i always like do a double take i'm like oliver oh yeah you're a brady the werewolf so <laughs> but i have to say for just the arrow finale i was just blown away by the the end
2: mm-hmm.
1: by the oliver and felicity reunion like i <laughs> again i'm hard to surprise it never entered into my whatsoever that Oliver would build their worlds around the first spot the first spot that you know um, he saw Felicity that he would ever tell her that Mm -hmm. I just kind of figured that was just going to be a thing that he just doesn't talk about (laughs) I kind of just gave up hope so the fact that you know Mark had emailed me and it was like hey you know I wrote the last scene of Arrow today had a meditation it just came to me and I was like well what what on earth would you need to meditate and then like like pump <laughs> from man like straight from manna kind of thing? I was like <laughs> what in God's name are you? What are you doing, sir? So it was like driving me nuts for like six months. I was like, oh, God. that was really good. So I was very happy. I was basically I was just a mess. Like Diggle started talking at the at the funeral, and I just sobbed for the rest of yeah. the yeah. And then I like, was emotionally not okay, and could not write my review for like two months. <laughs> I didn't handle the end as well as I thought I was going to. I was like, I'll be fine. I was uh, right. not fine.
2: I was like, I can't
1: <laughs> go with watching it again. I'm just going to cry. I just, like, it became like an actual like, PTSD avoidance thing. I was like, oh, I need to write my review. I was like, but I can't watch the episode again to write it. Can't do it. <laughs> so I had to like go through this grieving process, and then I could write it. Yeah,
0: well, that's I think that's um writing reviews of series finales and stuff that you've been invested in, like that is just hard.
1: Well, I've never done it before, like, oh. this is the only show. Yeah, I this is the only show I've written reviews on, and you know, my reviews, yeah, they're unhealthy, um, <laughs> they're unhealthy. Long, so you know, I write like dissertations every week, so. I just was like, I can't say goodbye. Yeah,
0: I guess I I guess I didn't realize that. No,
1: I don't. People ask, you know, I do blind. I'm doing blind spot. But, like, I'm not as emotionally. I'm very, like, I'll start reviewing a show, and I'm like, I don't have time. <laughs> I quit. So, uh, like, I wrote reviews for Teen Wolf. I've done, I did The Flash, but then The Flash made me too angry, and I had to stop. <laughs> like, I just don't believe, like, if you're hate-watching a show, I don't think I should review it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, it's hard to just dunk on stuff every week.
1: Right. I it's uh, like people are people genuinely like the show. Yeah. That are watching it and they don't want to read a review that just slams probably their fave show every week. So I was getting into an like an unhappy I was like, Why is Barry doing I was like, I gotta stop.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Let it go. But yeah, no, Arrow was the first show that I watched, I would say, start to finish and was there at the pilot, did all eight years, and then I was reviewing it season three. So I still have to go back. It's technically not done for me. I have to go back and finish my season one and season two reviews. Mm-hmm. So it's all technically end reviewing at two but like I've already emotionally yeah. processed and said goodbye. So
0: yeah, of course
1: it'll be different, but yeah, I, it was really hard. It was really, really hard. These are yeah. my children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, I can kind of relate. I only, the only thing I've, I'm trying to recall, the only thing I've really done from beginning to end, except for like stuff that was canceled early. Right. Um, like I wrote about a turn on AMC. <sighs> that was such a good show. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, if you ever pick up a season three DVD somewhere, look, cause my name's on the back.
1: Oh, is that the one that you're on? Wait, didn't that happen yeah. twice though?
0: Well, so there's two TV over mine quotes, but one of them's not credited to me specifically. Wasn't so. it the,
1: didn't you get the flash though?
0: What was the other two uh, well, those? so um Andy got the flash. Andy oh,
1: okay. Flash. That's right.
0: Um yeah, so I was on so I, one, my quote is on the back of season 2 for turn.
1: Okay, well, It's not on it.
0: it. And then uh season 3 of turn my name is on. And then like a couple of other shows have asked me over the years um to use my quotes, but they've never they didn't ever put put it on. There. You got to
1: put your name on it. That's not cool.
0: Um so um yeah so like like Superstore re- they reached out about Superstore after season 1 um and I said yeah sure use it and then they didn't Oh but uh, that I mean I was it's okay like yeah but <laughs> I, it's,
1: it's so cool like people are like why are you guys geeking out it's so cool when you've written something and then you see it
0: Yeah particularly and, when it's
1: related to the show
0: and I've had like or a like, a, your
1: like a you're like like what a what
0: commercial and and stuff know? like that
1: Yeah so, flash you see your tweet flash on screen during a promo
0: yeah like uh, awesome.
1: none it, of these things have happened to me but i i would imagine that they're fun
0: yeah it's <laughs> it's pretty cool especially like you know when it's it, it was really new to me still and yeah like, it's not happened since then yeah um
1: well it's so. hard you gotta get circulation
0: yeah well and turn. i felt like i felt like turn was a lot to do with um that like not a lot of people were watching it
1: yep I do notice that when they don't have a massive viewership, they dig into the smaller publications.
0: Yes. So I'm sure that
1: that David Boreanaz uh, Mm -hmm. is totally tuned into telltale TV because Mm -hmm. they support seals. Yeah. So I see him retweet telltale articles all the time, which I think is awesome. That's yeah, me. and he's supporting my, my people, which is yeah. like, I love the Telltale team, so.
0: Yeah, I've I'm uh, I've been enjoying writing for Telltale. It's a uh, good
1: group. It's a good it is yeah. yeah
0: yeah these these good people. They are. Um, yeah. So did, did you have anything else you want to say about uh about Arrow before we we moved on? I don't think so. I think I covered it. All right.
1: I'm good with everything.
0: <laughs> okay, so you know, go and look for Jen's reviews if you want to know her very in-depth thoughts
1: yeah Um, if you've got like an hour (laughs) which weirdly people like that the thing like i write the reviews for me because i can't actually go to sleep a lot of (laughs) times like it started i would talk to my husband incessantly about the episode and he was like i love you but i do not love arrow (laughs) this much and for the sake of our marriage i need you to like purging thoughts elsewhere I'm like okay I'll do a vlog but uh, <laughs> so yeah I just like it's like the purging of my thoughts so it's weird to me that people actually sit down and read it because they're it's it's a lot it's, they're long but they love them and it's wonderful and I've been very 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 blessed with the Arrow fans and how supportive they've been to me over the years so
0: yeah absolutely well they, I know that they appreciate them and that they seek them out so
1: well they're nice to me so I <laughs>
0: Okay, so next up is our segment called Infinite Playlist, and this is a way to, for us to tell the world what we're loving right now, why, and how to get in on it. So, Jen, what are you loving right now? Ozark. Yeah? Oh.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's season three. Have you watched any of it?
0: I, I've only seen the first couple episodes, and I, oh, I was traveling, me. so I, I didn't – I don't know. I, I have every intention of going back, and I just – it's been two years now, and I haven't done it.
1: It's like Breaking Bad in the in the way that they come up with these problems every episode that you're like these are not solvable things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Everyone's going to jail. <laughs> so I'm it's it's a it's a ride season 3. I kind of feel like shows really get into their groove the second and third seasons
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the most part and they've they've kind of they've really found their their groove and they're there. It's, it's pretty crazy what they're doing this year. So I have two episodes left. <laughs> I keep having to work at night. And my husband's like, finish your job. So we, <laughs> so we got to do that first. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really good. So I would, uh, it's on Netflix. So I would highly recommend it.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I've, I watched the first few episodes and it was, I was traveling or on a plane or something when I did and, and I, don't know why I never went back to it, but I remember not, like, just not getting sucked in, I guess.
1: In the first it's a, the first season's slow. Yeah. It's slow. It's very Breaking Bad in that scenario, or it's, like, it's slow the first season, and then season two and season three, they go nuts.
0: Yeah, when I've, you know, what I have really hadn't been interested in getting back into it mm-hmm. until, um... Ashley, who who runs Telltale TV, she posted her review of season three and said it's it's pretty close to perfect.
1: It's I was it's like, really kind of wow.
0: Okay, like if somebody's willing to go that far. Um, it's got
1: such a good, good cast too. It's yeah. Linny who's flawless, and then it's such a different role for Jason Bateman, mm-hmm. and he he's he's
0: and the the curly haired girl from The Americans is on there too. Is she's
1: she? just a revelation? I think she won an Emmy for it.
0: Really? I, uh, like I thought she, she you was know great. She won
1: an Emmy. I feel like it was for Ozark, but maybe that's my own pro- projection. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, she. Well, I is... don't think it
0: was for the Americans, and that's the only other thing no, she's been on like she's lately.
1: Phenomenal in it, like scene stealer. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Well, I thought she was really great. She played um, Kimmy. The, uh, this girl yes. a contact that that i don't know if you see the American. oh
1: no yeah we, oh god i love uh, it, I it. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so and i thought she was really great on the americans yeah. and so i was uh that was one of those things where i was like oh yeah cool i like her mm-hmm. um and then uh, so it's good to know that she's good in this too this
1: is the role she was born to play good yes yeah.
0: She deserves that chance for sure.
1: Yeah. Phenomenal actress. And she's so young and you're just like, Where do these kids come with this?
0: <laughs> yeah, cabinet? I know. And I'm like There's two or three of these uh these young actresses now that I'm just like that blow me away. Yeah. Um and I, I you know, it's awesome. I'm glad. I'm to going see through that a
1: serious Adam Driver phase. I would <laughs> say her and Adam Driver right now are kind of like my two Yeah. Hi, you should just get awards for- <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are phenomenal.
0: <laughs> Good old Kylo. Oh,
1: I love him. <laughs> Everyone's so angry. I was like, I love this. I, I, okay, controversial statement. Are you ready? Yeah. I enjoyed the final trilogy more than any of the other trilogies.
0: Really? Boom. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I know. I, maybe it's a J.J. Abrams thing. I don't know. But yeah. I loved all of them. Yeah. Equal measure, I thought they were all fantastic.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, I love the original trilogy the most, I think. But there's there's also an emotional component that's not really related to. How
1: old were you when you watched those?
0: So my dad took me to see A New Hope in theaters, and I was six or seven.
1: Okay. See, so here's um, my problem. I didn't watch the originals until I was like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Everyone talks about this freaking Star Wars thing. I should have watch it. And I was like, yeah. You know. But, like, Harrison Ford was Indiana Jones to me. hmm You know? And, I mean, I love Leia. Leia's queen of everything. Yeah. You know, Luke Skywalker, so though. Kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, I was like, you know, Luke complains a lot. But, like, obviously, it's what the whole universe is based on. And, yes, you have to pay your respect. But, yeah, I really liked – I was – really into the whole Rey and Kylo dynamic. I thought that yeah. was a cool way. And I liked the reverse Vader. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I'm not <laughs> hard to please. I was like, oh, but it's reverse. That's so cool. They're like, yeah, it's really not that inventive, Jennifer. I'm like, but it
2: is.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but in my circles, um, I am universally made fun of because I loved The Last Jedi. And that's it's what so good. it is. Good. It's fantastic. It's the best. First of all, they take the freaking mask
1: off driver. If you have yeah. Adam driver as an actor, you don't put him in a mask. Right. Let him emote.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I know they're like all, I know like, so I came out publicly as a Raylo. <laughs> this was like a oh, measured yeah. decision on my part. No, dude, for real. Because Oh yeah, I'm sure. There's like it Well, first of all, the Star Wars fandom is just
0: Oh crazy. yeah. Oh, I know.
1: That is they're just crazy. And like there is major hatred. Like they they either love it or they hate it. Right. And I just was like, you know, I didn't, I was like closet Raylo in secret, like watching YouTube videos. (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm a grown ass woman. I can do what I want. But
2: yeah, I like
1: got a question on my blog. They're like, someone on my YouTube channel or something. And they're like, Like I had it on lock. I don't know. Like, I had that specific file on lock so, like, you couldn't see me saving videos. I I was scared. I was like, I don't want death threats.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And everyone's like, well, Jen, he's a murderer. And I'm like, you know, if you look at the history of the shows and the relationships that I enjoy, such as Buffy and Angel, Mm -hmm. Vampire Diaries, and Arrow, (laughs) murder is really not a deal breaker for me. (laughs) 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 Like, I wouldn't marry the guy in real life. Yeah. I'm married to the kindest man on the planet. It's not like I seek this out in my real life. It's fantasy. (laughs) <laughs> like you know murder yeah he blew up a couple planets that's bad you know sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah people are like yeah they. it's like they're like it's abusive i'm like yeah well you know angel killed jenny calendar i got over that it's fine
0: <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> okay
1: that was our star wars segue oh
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I've kind of been. Um, I, I appreciate your respect for the new trilogy. I have some problems with the Rise of Skywalker that I won't get into right now. Uh,
1: well, it's but, interesting because I have people who are like really upset that he died at the end. Yeah, I was okay with that.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't mind that at all. Uh, I was
1: like, man, he killed Han. I was like, you're, if you killed Han Solo, you ain't making it out of this thing alive. Just, <laughs> you're gonna get got. That's just those are the rules of Star Wars
0: yeah and I'm it's like,
1: oh he should redeem and like rebuild the universe and like yeah if there was a fourth movie i could buy it but not at the end of that one like, yeah left him alive and he's on like whatever a planet with ray i'm like eh, you know nah. yeah yeah
0: and I, i'm i mostly was uh i thought that it purposefully undid a lot of the last jedi stuff and it was Agreed. just
1: read that and, part i did not like
0: yeah it was unnecessary and like there's there's some really great stuff in rise of skywalker like the mm-hmm. the emotional payoffs are unreal yes uh, they brought harrison ford back and, oh. and mark hamill and like those moments oh my gosh
1: like the Incredible. whole movie for me is harrison ford and driver that scene mm-hmm. i was like done i was like yeah okay that's fantastic
0: yeah that was, oh, that was my favorite scene
1: yeah it was just, it was like watching two, like, acting powerhouses in, like, this, I mean, it's a ridiculous universe, <laughs> like, they have Harrison Ford in it, so, I yeah. like, think it's amazing. So, yeah, but no, I agree with you, because I loved The Last Jedi,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't like that J.J. J. Abrams tried to, like, reel that back
2: in some areas. Mm. like, no. Yeah,
1: and-
0: If you wanted and... to
1: be in charge of the second movie, then you should have been in charge of the second movie, J.J. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he he didn't want to be. It's just that they were they couldn't deal with the public. They weren't ready for the Star Wars fans. Um, yeah. So and and people keep telling people were telling me, Ryan Johnson's not a good director, and I'm like, first of all, what? even if you take Last Jedi out of the at Last Jedi out of the question, you're wrong. And here's out. other evidence.
1: And that- <laughs> Debate, and right for most now. people, it has.
0: Like okay, I've, I've literally said, if you think Ryan Johnson's a bad director, go watch Knives Out, and yes. almost every single one of them has been like, "Okay, you're right." Yeah, uh, but like
2: he
1: was a great director before that. Yeah,
0: like Looper. Last
1: Jedi is evidence of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Looper before Last Jedi. I mean, I the guys. Ooh, that's it's good.
1: Right? Yeah. Nathan? I need crap to watch, man. It's yeah. bad. Well I that's watch- the whole
0: point of this segment too, is yeah. is just to kind of say, hey, uh, this stuff is fun. You should watch yeah. it. Watch it. Um and so that I was gonna just mention really quick that I've um I've not watched the finale yet, but it just aired. Um, but I've been watching Better Call Saul week to week. Um, and that's as a Breaking Bad fan, it's like above and beyond in terms of dramatic uh just Absolutely incredible show.
1: Okay, I gotta watch this thing because we love Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, watch the pilot, and it's mm. like it's like Ozark with you. We watched the pilot, and we just weren't like, yeah. But then I, I hear everybody's like, but it's like phenomenal. I mean,
0: even in season one, they have one of when I think of like best episodes of TV I've ever seen.
1: Oh really? There's a
0: season one episode of Better Call Saul. And there's a season three episode of Better Call Saul that's in the same, like, I I can probably, if I made a list of, like, top ten of the best episodes of television I've ever seen, there would be Better. at least two Better Call Saul episodes in there.
1: All right, I'm going to do it, Nick Hogan. It's going to happen. Awesome. I'm going to watch it. Uh,
0: yeah, so I, I haven't watched the finale yet, but the, th- they blow me away every time with just how well they've structured that universe and, and how dramatic and intense that show can be.
1: So, Plus, you get to see old Breaking Bad characters, right?
0: Yes. And quite a bit more of them than you would think. Everybody's oh, good. like, oh, Mike and, and, uh, there's Mike. Mike and Saul, and then, you know, Gus comes on. Oh, um, but then there's like the, the Salamanca twins, and like, oh,
1: for real? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like Francesca, Saul's assistant, and, like,
1: oh, wow. Just okay.
0: More than, pretty much everybody but Walt and Jesse at this point. Oh. Um, did so, you watch
1: the, the Jesse movie?
0: Yes, El Camino. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. There's a lot of hatred in, that, in those circles too for that movie. Really? Yeah, well, a lot of people couldn't get past the fact that Jesse Plemons has gained a lot of weight. And like he gained it for a role and he's just never lost it.
1: Right. Let it go. It's
0: fine. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, I said, he there's one imperfection it. and it's that yeah. Jesse Plemons is overweight. Like, get over it. It's like maybe he gained a bunch of weight and then lost it before the Breaking Bad but you know, just, for the finale. I, like you don't know.
1: I just can't even imagine being an actor and having that part of yourself scrutinized to that level.
0: Yeah. It's, it's horrible. And he's a great actor too. Like,
1: oh, he's phenomenal. They're all. Uh, I mean,
0: I've never hated a Jesse Plemons performance. No. So. Yeah. So uh, in case you uh, didn't catch all that, Ozark is now on Netflix. Uh, you can watch all of the Star Wars movies on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> watch um, Last
1: Jedi and Last Skywalker is amazing. I
0: don't know where where you can watch Looper or Knives Out, but you should still do it. I think
1: you can rent on Amazon.
0: And then uh, Better Call Saul, the first four seasons are on Netflix, and season five just ended, um, and it will be on there eventually.
1: God loves Netflix.
0: <laughs> so... Moving on to the final segment is artist highlight. It's an attempt to highlight the various works of one artist as we move through their complete works. So uh, the first artist I chose was Robin Williams. And I did that because his body of work is finite um, because we, the world lost him a few years ago. Um, So, so far in this segment, we've covered the likes of Jack um, and Flubber. And now we're up to a modern classic dead Poets society. I love dead poet society, yeah, um so the I have just a couple of notes here, and like so i re- didn't first of all, I was thinking Dead poet society came out a few a la- few years later than it did, but it came out in nineteen eighty nine and that's the year I was born <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I just thought that was strange, uh and it's the it was directed by Peter Weir who um also directed Master and Commander and The Truman Show, is written by Tom Shulman, who whose other writing credits are not so Dead Poets Society like. No, um, they're
1: very different. Honey, no, I
0: different. Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. What about Bob? <laughs> Welcome to Mooseport. Like, I, I'm not familiar with some of the other movies he's written, but like this is just a weird collection of them.
1: That is strange.
0: <laughs> so the same guy that wrote Dead Poet Society wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You're welcome.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and then, of course, it stars Robin Williams, but also a young Robert Sean Leonard who went on to play, be on House, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Kurtwood smith from that seventy show and uh, i didn't realize until this time that i watched it that josh charles was knocked yes. over uh and so i i never really watched the good wife but i know josh charles
1: it's baby ethan hawk too i i want to say this is on ethan hawk's first performances.
0: It's it's pretty place. close is it close yeah i'm i uh don't have that information off the top of my head but i'm just gonna pull out my hand well with it it sounds and, right uh, look and see yeah and it's i think his like he broke out just a few years later in, in yeah training day and
1: reality bites i feel was the major reality bites with ronona Yeah. so
0: he's got a couple of credits on imdb before that there's a movie called explorers
2: mm-hmm. um Never heard and of then
0: that. i haven't either okay. uh and then there was a short film called lion's den and then dead poet society so that's probably okay. it probably is his first like major feature film <laughs>
1: yeah I would say uh Depo Society is the first film that I saw of Robin Williams playing a dramatic actor mm-hmm. i don't I know he did things before that obviously um but I feel like I watched it in my junior a junior high uh English class, which is kind of shocking because i I don't I think I was like thirteen or fourteen, and I won't spoil the ending, but there's there's a suicide in it, which is yeah. It's a little like today. Would they show that movie to my thirteen or fourteen year old? I don't know if they would.
0: Yeah, you know, so in the
1: nineties—you got away with more stuff in the nineties. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, like I—I'm pretty sure that I saw this this movie for the first time in school too.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's I, such a great if you're an English teacher. Oh yeah. Great way to introduce the love of literature.
0: Yeah, and. uh and I, I really do love it. Like the, I mean, there is the suicide thing, but I think that's so um, really the whole message of it is that, um, you know, you're, you're happier, more confident people with art in your yes. lives. Yes. And so like, um, and I, I kind of, I kind of relate to, um, to Neil a little bit because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, act sometimes I'm in mm-hmm. plays and stuff and mm-hmm. it's just something I do for fun but like it, it also keeps me grounded and it's um it's an emotional experience mm-hmm. and so I I got a little more emotional watching it this time than I did the last couple times because just because um he came straight off that high from performing into this horrible thing with his dad yeah. and like you know I know that 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 I know that high mm-hmm. and so coming off of that is just I mean, oh, I can't even imagine.
1: Devastating. And then, yeah, yeah, he's basically getting sent to a military school, which, you know, not only is he being torn away from his friends and the thing that he loves, and then he's being sent, essentially, the way he viewed it was a prison. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you can see why his character has that thought process, but it's just so... And I would say the actual reveal at the end, too, with the parents was, like, very like, holy crap. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was a lot. So it was pretty, I remember I was just sobbing in English course.
0: Oh yeah. yeah.
2: So
1: I was like, well, this is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. What really got me was the, you know, like uh, the kids standing up for Keating at the end there. Oh, captain, um,
1: my captain. Yep. Yeah.
0: The most iconic scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just, you know, that he's the first person that told them it's okay to be they want to be right. Not who their parents want them to be. And it's just so, um, I think it's still really relevant in the world today too, but just the, um, the general air about it is, it just feels really And maybe it's, like I said, you know, I'm an artist and, and I think there's a lot of people out there that still don't understand the value um, what art brings to the world,
1: particularly in the education system.
0: Yes, um, and you know, like, there's a lot of people who just think, well, you need to get, you need an education to get a job and get a mm-hmm. career and and make money, and but it's it's essentially the message of this movie is, you know, if that's all there is in life, is it really life? Mm-mm. And and I don't think it is, mm-hmm. and so that then you see these boys who we're all kind of vanilla at the beginning, really living their lives.
1: Yeah. And, Um, you know, Keating is is very, you know, your life needs to have purpose mm -hmm. and have meaning. And you decide what that is. Right. You know, not somebody else. And I think from a, you know, from a teacher professor standpoint, you know, obviously he harbors immense guilt for what happens to Neil, but the fact when they stand on, those desks, and it's not all the students. Not all the students stand, which I think is an important thing to note. Right. But that Keating knows that he has gotten through to some of them, and that they will carry that with them the rest of their lives. Which I think, as a teacher, you know, to have that kind of an impact on a a student is pretty much all you can hope for. You know, I had. I think everybody's got that teacher. You know, my ninth grade or my sophomore. um, No, wait, she was junior and senior, junior and senior uh, uh, English teacher was that person for me who really encouraged my writing. Mm -hmm. And I had a sister who was older than me, and she's brilliant at everything. And she's a doctor. And um, so I was always coming after her in school and so all my teachers knew I was Katie's little sister and mm-hmm. she was the first person that said, you know what, I think you're smarter than your sister. Mm-hmm. I think you're better at this than her. I had never had a teacher say that to me in anything ever. So that was just like life-changing confidence, you know what I mean? So you need those kind. Th- this movie is all about that, that that's who that was for these boys. That's who Katie was to them. So and then, you know, Robin Williams, I mean, I actually enjoy his dramatic roles more than I enjoy his funny roles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he is, he was such a soulful person um, and had such a depth to him. And I mean, just the way he reads Whitman in this thing is just like, okay, I, I love Whitman now, you know? I and mean, yeah. it's just, uh, he's just brilliant. And I think either this one, this was my favorite dramatic. Um, movie of his until probably um, *Goodwill Will Haunting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are my two figs. But he, he is really, this was the first time I really saw him in a dramatic role. And it was just, I mean, it's jarring if you only ever see him in funny stuff to see him in Dead Poet Society, you know, because yeah, he's not funny in it
0: right he has i've I've kind of started to look because even in his serious movies there's i've he's always got like a little bit
1: there's something
0: they, they can't make a Robin Williams movie right. without making him do a voice right so, like there was just a little bit like a little scene in there where he was lecturing and he did a couple different voices,
1: yes, and, and I was like, laugh. that's
0: because he's Robin Williams, yep uh, yeah, <laughs> but, there's
1: just a part where they're like, okay, Robin, do your thing, but yeah, right. but I mean there's really not. It's pretty, he's pretty serious through the most of it, but it's joyful. It's a joyful role. Like yes. he himself is a joyful person who loves life. And so it's, it's not like he's this dour, serious person. Um, He's just, he's forcing these boys to look at the world from a different perspective. And I think that's a really important message today too, mm-hmm. that, you know, y- your personal worldview, you know, is not always all there is. Yep and look at it from a different perspective is important, you know? Absolutely. Because I think that's something that I think to me as social media, as people are more online with social media, our world gets smaller Mm -hmm. because it doesn't get bigger because you're following people who all agree with you. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, from that standpoint, I think social media can be kind of limiting. So movies like these where I'm like, yeah, stand up on a desk and look at the world in a different way, you know? Yes, And then the scene that he had with Ethan Hawke, when he gets, I mean, he gets Ethan Hawke to perform his poetry. Yes. It's just...
0: Oh, man. Well, that that's one of the most impactful moments from the final scene is because, uh, you know, Todd being one of the ones who stands up
1: mm-hmm. and... Um, the first to stand yeah, up. Yeah.
0: And and being, you know, Keating knowing that he got through to him. Yeah. One of the more reserved, shy kids. Yeah. Um. And he
1: just, and Todd loved Neil. He just loved him. You know, it was just the most devastated, I think, by his death. So the fact that Todd is able to, you know, because Keating's leaving. So, you know, Neil's gone and he's leaving Todd too. So Todd loses Neil and Keating, the two most, probably most important people in his life.
2: Mm.
0: So
1: it's like, what happens to him? So the fact that he stands up on that desk and I'm going to be okay. Absolutely. It's really... It's amazing, but so, yeah, watch this.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, you know, this is a harder one to find. I had an old DVD that I dusted off. Did to, you really? Yeah, because um, uh, you know, even if I have the DVD and it's streaming, I'll just stream it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, except that this time, it was streaming, but on it's only it's streaming like for free on Vudu right now. Oh yeah. Um, but it's with ads and I cannot deal. I pay for no ad Hulu like, <laughs> and, I, and I cannot go back. Like, no, everybody's I like, what oh, the I Disney plus, plus yeah. bundle. And I'm like, no, it's the ads. I can't, yeah. do, it. can't do
1: it. Yeah, no, I, I think everything, it's really hard to watch. Like even when I'm just like watching a movie off a network. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> even when I you have
0: to fast forward. <laughs> yes. Like, like uh, I'm going to go watch the Better Call Saul finale in a little bit. And like just the thought of fast forwarding through the commercials is like,
1: I know (laughs) we're so well. I tell you, Arrow was the because I would live tweet it. So -hmm. it was the only show I would sit and watch commercials,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it was hard
0: (laughs) even if i'm watching a show like the same night you know because because i do same night reviews for Mm -hmm. for uh, you know if supernatural ever comes back um because it's
1: are you like devastated
0: it's i I mean it's uh it's when the series i know they're gonna do the series finale eventually it's just a matter of when
1: yeah but it's so jarring i gotta be honest from a selfish perspective like arrow ended just before all these productions started yeah. to get that down. And I gotta be honest, like, we were talking about it on my podcast with Callie, and we were just like, I mean, imagine if this was season three of Arrow and they ended at like 316, or, you know, or we were just oh, like, yeah. it's torture. It's just absolute torture. <laughs> so I feel bad for all of these fans that, I mean, a lot of the shows have like, you know, created series finales out of these last episodes, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, it sounds like Supernatural, go- they're, you know, they're hoping to get some restrictions lifted soon-ish so they can go back and shoot their last two. Yeah. Um, and they then they'll be, we- you know, because they've, and they've finished, there are four that they've shot but haven't aired because they haven't been able to finish post-production. Um, okay. So they, they only finished, like, only through 13 has aired and they had 20 that uh, they to do. So, but 14 through 18 have shot and then they just need to do 19 and 20.
1: I just um, think that's so hard when you're ending a show
0: yeah and that's it, there's
1: there's really an emotional remarkable. component for them, you know,
0: yeah, and people were wrapped expecting it to by, have yeah yeah to to wrapped up by now, and now they're just kind of waiting, and Jared padalecki's supposed to be doing a new show for the fall, yeah, so. I heard
1: that I was kind of surprised he jumped right next right into, but you know he's been on the c w since Gilmore Girls, so he's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. home, and he's got the mansion in Texas, and I gotta be honest, from a Jared and Jensen perspective, I thought they played this smart, oh yeah. You know, they found a show, a crew they loved. They just, you know, I have a lot of respect for actors who just stick it out and stay, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 14 years, but the fans, from my standpoint, they don't seem to have, like, diminished in any way, shape, or form um, Mm -hmm. their enthusiasm for the show. So it's really remarkable what Supernatural has done. It's kind of
2: my Yeah,
0: and and the production shutdown has been rough, but, you know, I actually, I also review um, Superstore, and have you heard about this? Do you know everything that's happening with No, Super I War? have not. So Superstore is um they were finishing season five and they shot all but the last episode of season five. Mm-hmm. So but also America Ferreira is leaving the show.
1: <gasps> oh my god. So, She's like the lead, isn't she? Yeah. Oh,
0: so crab. they they finally like they start writing her out, right? Yeah. But then the last two episodes were supposed to be part one and part two, oh, and, and they never finished part two. <gasps> and then part one is it airs? It's it's airing. Uh, it just finished airing. Actually, we're recording this on on the Thursday night of the Superstore finale. And so that's California. Part one airs tonight, and then there's no more. Oh my god! And America <laughs> Ferrera is leaving the show.
1: Oh, and then uh, once they're off contract, you can't get them back.
0: Yeah. All- so it sounds like. Uh, you know, from the showrunner and like Ben Feldman have all said like she's gonna finish it, but it's just like,
1: well, that's good. Wow.
0: Well, uh, you know,
1: that's a serious concern. Like, I was legitimately really worried about them getting Emily Becker Ricards back. Yeah. Like, really worried because I. It's just you know they they get busy and they get on other stuff and you yeah, know, and so. it sounds
0: like America Ferrera is taking some like family time. Okay. And it's not like a, I'm going to go do this I have a
1: project show kind of know. thing. Okay. That's so good. So it
0: sounds like I'm optimistic that they're going to get her back to finish it. Okay. And I, I don't think, like, I was able to screen it in advance. So I don't have to go watch it tonight. Like, my review's already up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic that they'll get her back. But even if they don't, I don't think it's a horrible position they've put themselves in.
1: Yeah. Just okay. because of the way
0: that this one ends. But it's still like it was it's part one and then it's like tiring. what if they never get to do yeah. part two? I don't know who it is. <laughs> They're just gonna pretend like it never happened. Uh, I
1: never think it's a smart play though if an actor doesn't come back. Yeah. Stupid.
0: Yeah. Particularly
1: if it's a show that, you know, you've got a large part of your fan base from. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, really, probably. You know, yeah. I was always really ticked off that Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't come back to do the final uh, episode of, to guest star in an episode of Angel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, she was available for the series finale, but we didn't, didn't want her in the series finale, I, I don't know. But I was always just really bummed that that never got a tie-up. You know, so when you lose that stuff as a fan, I it's 20 years later, I'm still crappy about it, so I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, Jen, let it go. Like, but it's sad. <laughs> i didn't get my way
0: (laughs) yeah uh well that's i just can't uh imagine you know i'm hopeful that uh that there will be enough in the next in the coming months that there will be enough restrictions lifted so that
1: well uh, that's hope things can they can at least get
0: back to work you know
1: i'm hoping as things warm up maybe this covid thing starts to die out
0: yeah and i'm hopeful for that too um (laughs) Um, a
1: meltdown happening at your house right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I can hear uh, my kids are hyped up before bedtime, I guess. So, oh, it's always um, bedtime. I guess that's probably about time to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, I was like, we should let you go and help. <laughs> so
0: uh, thanks, Jen, again for coming on.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: And uh, this has been Nick's Infinite Playlist. Good night, everybody.